God's already met you. I know he wants to, and so I'm praying that's what's already happened. Praying this continues uh, through the rest of the morning that we have today. Uh, so let's get to it. If you have your Bibles, uh, and I hope you brought them, go ahead and grab those. Let's go to it. Genesis chapter 1. So, so last week, if you're new or visiting, uh, we established last week, last week what we're doing, which is we are going through the entire Bible in a year, and we talked about why we're doing it and how we're going to get there together. So if you missed last week, I really want to encourage you to go back and listen. It's easy to find. You can go to the website, go to our podcast. Make sure you download that and listen to it. I think it's important to hear the foundation and the approach uh, as we go through God's story this year. Uh, okay, so, so let's get to it. Let's get to it because I don't have time to explain all that. We got a lot to cover today. Uh, so we're going to get to Genesis, all right? Now, before we're going to read it, uh, I want to give us a very, very quick background of Genesis, okay? So if you got your sermon notes, you're gonna get those out there. Uh, and so the author of Genesis, we know to be Moses, all right? That's who wrote Genesis. Uh, and it's the same Moses, famous guy in the Bible. Uh, and there's not really much debate on him being the guy. Uh, there's a lot of things that point to Moses being the author uh, with the primary one being Jesus. Jesus, we see, and, and I put some scriptures in there for you on your outlines to look at yourselves, uh, where Jesus really does point to Moses writing uh, the beginning of the Bible. Uh, and so there's a lot more place you could go. And Genesis is one of five parts, okay? Moses wrote uh, Genesis, Exodus, uh, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and Numbers, okay? He wrote all five of the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, yeah. Uh, thanks, Jeff. And Jeff's like, I don't know. Anyway, so he wrote all of those in one sitting, and, and this is actually called something. It's called the Torah or the Pentateuch, okay? And what Pentateuch actually means is it means five scrolls, okay? It means five scrolls. And so this was just intended to be one big thing, but I think what happened is when they were putting this into scrolls or whatever, I think they had divided it out to make it easier. So it's one thing of five parts that was one book, just so we know. And uh, Genesis overall, actually, it does look daunting, but it's actually pretty simple. Genesis is really simple. I, I have for us, the, the five things that Genesis really does uh, is this, is that Genesis for us gives us the beginning of creation, uh, the fall of man, the promise of redemption, uh, and then it talks about the establishment of human civilization and God's covenant relationship uh, with his chosen nation, Israel. That's really what Genesis is. So that's the, the super quick background before we get into this today. Now, we have a lot to cover this morning. So here's where we're going to try to get through all of chapter 1 uh, and most of uh, chapter 2. And in theory, this should be a super positive message, okay, because there is something missing in chapters 1 and 2 that's in the rest of the Bible. Anybody know what it is? Sin, right? There is no sin uh, in chapter one and two. So if you want to hear about what a miserable sinner you are, you come next week and Chad will tell you all about it, okay? Uh, but we're not getting there today, all right? So let's go. Hopefully you found your way there. Genesis 1, verse 1. Let's get going. In the beginning, God. Okay, so right out of the gate, right off the bat, it wants to establish something to you right now. God wants to establish this, that we need to see that we have a God who exists before the beginning of anything that was ever created. Okay, that's what this is saying. So before time, before created things, there was God. Now, uh, how was God created? How was God made? We don't know. We don't know. And th this is not an obstacle for Christians. This is not an obstacle uh, for us, by the way, because it's God. And so here's what I want to say. The way, uh, the way that, I, that, has been, that, I, that I've seen this helped me in this is, is this. 
asking about the origin of God is the same way humanly for us to say, hey, what does the color green smell like? Right, green has no smell, it's a color. You see what I'm saying? And so it's, it's, it's a flawed question. That is a flaw. And it's the same when we see God who created everything. And so, because we are limited by our created thoughts. Does that makes He was never created. And so you can't ask about, I mean, you can, but it's just a flawed question. God is not in the category of created things. So he can't be measured by our human abilities. He's not the same as us. He's not the same as us. And so if we were made by him, then there's gonna be questions that we have about him that we, we will just never know. And we're okay with that. We're okay with that, okay? So, and also, uh, as you read this, why I wanted to establish uh, who was writing this and why, it's really important to understand context, okay? You need to understand like who Moses was writing to, that, that God divinely inspired this uh, by his revelation to Moses. But Moses was writing to people at this point. And, and so when he was writing this, he was writing to other nations of other tribes and other races of people who were uh, already worshiping other gods, okay? And, and we're gonna get to how that happened here in a few weeks with Genesis 11. Uh, but God is directing Moses to write this to say, hey, listen, from the very beginning, just so you know, all those little gods uh, that you're worshiping and, and maybe see some things happening, by the way, which may have been happening because there were demonic forces going on on the earth where they were seeing these little earthly demonic power things going on. He's just, he's wanting to make you know that, hey, listen, um, like, I just want you to know that those little things that you're seeing, all of that's contained in the big box of God made everything. That's what he's trying to communicate. So in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, so what we see is here is what everyone agrees with, by the way. Scientists, everybody agrees that there was a, a beginning of everything. There was something that happened. There was an immediate beginning to what we know exists. So time, space, energy, all that stuff's all agreed on with everybody. Uh, and and that's, that's just what this says as well, that in the beginning he created. So uh, I'm not gonna get into, I'm not gonna get into the whole God versus science thing. Uh, I love doing that. I think that uh, it's worth talking about. Uh, and, and if you do want to hear what we have to say about it, you can actually, if you wanna write this down in your notes, we did that not too long ago. Uh, in a series called I Don't Get It. So if you want to write that down, you can go into our archives and look up the sermon series, I Don't Get It, and there's a message called God versus Science. So you can get a 30-minute kind of uh, thought on that with us and, and what we say and what we believe God says. So I'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time uh, talking about how God created you, but here's what I wanna talk about. I wanna talk about why God created you. And it really goes to our first point. So if you're taking notes Go ahead and write this one down, because here it is. Genesis is not telling us when or how, but it is telling us who and why. Genesis, God is not interested in telling you, telling you when or how. He's really interested in telling you who and why. So, so he was directing Moses to tell all of us. He wasn't telling, us, telling Moses to tell us exactly how we got here uh, or how we came into being. This is really important to know. Here's why this is important though, because what, what can happen and what actually does happen is that you find yourself kind of defending something that God never intended you to defend. You hear what I'm saying? So that you kind of get yourself in these weird camps if you start doing this. Like, well, okay, now in the six days, it's literal six days of creation. That's what it is. Or no, 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 it's not six days. Every day was like a thousand years ago. So it was six days. Or hey, this was 8,000 years ago. No, this was like 2 billion years ago. And then you end up, and then we all fight amongst ourselves. And God's like, that's not what I intended uh, for this to be. And so here's what's really important for us to catch. This was never, ever, ever intended to be a science manual. 
Never ever attended to, to even attempt to, to, to talk about that. So, so this is really important for us to know about uh, this. Here it is. This is what it was intended to be. This is intended to be about who God is, why we're here, and what God's plan is for us in the entire universe. That's what this is about. And here's the deal. If you can remember that, honestly, if you can remember that as a believer in Christ, it's gonna really be tremendously helpful for you when you operate in this world. It's gonna help you let go of some things that you're holding on to. It's gonna let you hold on to the right things if you come with this approach, okay? And just hear this, uh, and then we'll move on. We may not know the when and the how, but we do have everything we need to answer the most important question in life, which is this, why in the world am I here? Why in the world am I here? And God has a clear answer to that. We're gonna get to that here later on this morning, but God answers that question. God answers that question. He's telling us, you don't need to know the when and the how, but you do uh, need to know exactly who and why. And so we're gonna get to that here in a minute. Okay, so that's verse one. Verse two. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And so here in verse two, uh, what we see is we see the spirit of God. We see the Holy Spirit coming in already from the very beginning as early in creation. So here's the second big thing that we need to know if you're taking notes is that Genesis also shows us evidence of the Trinity from the very beginning, which is important to see. It's important to see. So uh, in, in evangelical Christianity, pretty much most Christianity uh, believes in a doctrine where God exists as one God, okay, one God, but also in three di distinct persons. You have God the Father, God the Son, that's Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. And this is a mystery, okay? The Trinity of God is a mystery because this isn't saying that God has three different persons because that would mean there's three gods. We don't have three gods. We just have one God. And, and, and it's also not saying that each one of those is a third God themselves, okay? This is what, what the Trinity says is, is that all of them are always 100% God uh, as a gift. So they're fully God, and yet there is only one God. And some of you are saying, I don't get it. I know. It's a mystery. I already told you, everybody. It's a mystery, okay? Uh, but, but in Genesis, this is what we need to see. I'm just going to throw, give us some things to see in the beginning. Uh, but in Genesis, all three persons of God are existing in uh, perfect harmony, perfect community together, okay? And in a minute, uh, you're going to see God say, let us. And that's what he, he's, he's not pointing to, he's not talking to angels. It's the Trinity. It's the Trinity of God uh, in harmony together. Uh, and that's referring to him. So now where is Jesus, right? Where's Jesus, Right, I see God the Father, I see him, the prequel, see the Holy Spirit, uh, where is Jesus? So here's where Jesus comes in. When you read the Bible, like the whole thing, this is just interesting. There, is only, there are only two places in the entire Bible that begin within the beginning. Do you know that? Only two places. The one we just read, and the only other place that begins within the beginning is John chapter one. And this is what it says. I'm gonna read this. It says this. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, him, a person, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that had been made. Now, as you read on, and I hope you do, go back to John 1. We don't have time to go through all of it. What, what it, this goes on to say is that this testifies, somebody testifies for this to be Jesus, that the word was Jesus, okay? And so there are three important things here about Jesus. Let's keep this up here so we can see all three. Uh, one uh, that we need to see about him, and, and you could talk about this in your, in your groups. I think this might be really good to talk about as you encounter this. One is that Jesus was in the beginning. 
right? That he was in the beginning. And so he was there from the very beginning of creation. Two is that Jesus was different from God because it says he was with God. He was distinctly God. It says with God. That's two, two that you need to really see. And three, that he was fully God because he was God. And so those are the things that we need to see. And so the Trinity is very present from the very beginning of creation, just important to see. All right, next verse. Let's go to verse three. And then verse three starts this thing that says, and God said, and God said. And so from verse three all the way to verse 25, you're gonna see, uh, here's what you're gonna see. You're gonna see a drumbeat of creation that God has like a song. Okay, and, and the chorus of this creation is no different than like a chorus of a great song. You ever hear a great song? The chorus is always kind of repeating, right? It repeats the great lyrics that, that they want you to repeat. And so there are two things here uh, that God is repeating in his song. And it's this, and God said, and it was good. And God said, and it was good. And so there's this rhythm to the creative order of things of how God put it together. I'm gonna get, run through it really quick. We don't have time, but day one, uh, he made light, okay? And then he made day and night. Day two, he created sky and it was good. Day three, he said land appears, seas and plants, and it was good. Day four was the sun and the moon and the stars. Day five was birds of the air, fish of the sea. Day six was animals on land and us. And then day seven, he rested. Now, uh, what many of us know, which I just wanted to say real quick, he wasn't tired, okay? God, well, he doesn't get tired. But what he was saying is this is very important in the creative order of things, and this is important in your life. And I'm gonna show you that in the creation and the creative order, there is a time for us to rest. There's a time for us to stop and just look and say, wow, God. That, so he didn't need to do that. He was showing us this is the rhythm that you should have in your life. And so here's what this is telling us. We can't get in the weeds of this, even though there's so much stuff in there. Again, I hope you talk about this a little bit uh, in your groups. But if you back up and if you look at all of this together from verse 3 to verse 25 uh, in one chunk, this is communicating something about God. And it's this if you're taking notes. It's that God is saying he is all-powerful. Right? He's like, I want to show you something about me. So we see, and God said, it was good eight times. And God is showing us in those his absolute power, that he speaks things into being. Just think about that, that he's creating matter where there was none, and that he's causing things to have life that had no life. Pretty cool, that he's the cause. He is the reactive agent. It's through the divine, all-powerful God, and, so, so here, and so here's what we have with God so far. Just think about it. I'm, I'm trying to back up a good picture. He didn't need to do any of this. He chose to do this, right? He chose to do all of this. He could do anything, but what he did was he made a bunch of cool, creative stuff, and then he made us, okay? Uh, and in these things God made before he made us, you see, he didn't need to make it. He didn't need to make it. He, did, he didn't need to make uh, the sunset so beautiful when it was over the horizon. He didn't need to make the shores of oceans sound so soothing to the soul, right? He didn't need to make campfires so mesmerizing. What does that do to seriously? Like, why do you turn into a zombie when you see a campfire, right? You're just like, uh. Like, he didn't need to do any of that. He didn't need to do 
any of that. And he did this for a reason because this is how, this, he chose to communicate in this way. That's what he, he said, I am choosing to communicate. So there are two ways by which God communicates with us. This is what he's saying from the very beginning. He works one through divine revelation, right? So that is him speaking uh, in invisible ways to us in our faith and through the Holy Spirit. That is one way that he communicates with us. And he also chose to communicate with us through nature. I love that about God, that he, that he made things. He made things for us to look at and marvel in and, and be in deep thought about. If you've ever been to Grand Canyon or if you've ever just been in front of these huge mountains or I love the, when the leaves change, these things that, that you look at and you just, you have this, wow, wow. And we look around, we see what he's made. That's chapter one, all right? That's chapter one, okay? Uh, and at the end of chapter one, and going from this point on, this is where he gets to us, all right? Now, we're gonna read right at the end of chapter one. I, want, I do wanna get into some reading here. So let's get into verse 26 uh, and see where this comes in. Verse 26 at the end of chapter one says this, all right? Then God said, and that, that was actually a change. Every other time it was and God said. said, all right, then God said, hey, let us make mankind in our own image, in our likeness, so that he, they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And then I'm going to drop down to verse 31. It says, And God saw all that he made, and it was not good, very good. Now, this is what you need to see about you right here. This is a big thing, big idea about you and me. You are a part of it was good. I think sometimes we miss that. You are a part of this was very good, that the culmination of this song, of this rhythmic drumbeat of creation that God had, the culmination was us. That God was done when he made us and, the, and he made up creation. He sets up all this stuff and he makes man and he goes, in the beginning, I made you and I love you. I love what I see. There's no flaw about you. You're amazing. You're mine. You're my creation. You have no flaws and I love you. Now, we're gonna see how this all gets messed up, but, but it's very important for us to see that we were a part of it was good. Not just that, but it was very good. You need to understand that about you and your heavenly father, okay? So now, uh, we're, gonna get to, we're gonna get to chapter two. Let's go to chapter two, and we're gonna read a bit about us. So, uh, if you've ever kind of read chapter one and chapter two, it seems like it's like almost in a weird order. But here's what's happening. This is how chapter one and chapter two kind of tie in. Chapter one is like the macro, like everything God made, right? Everything God made. And then what chapter two is doing is it's sort of saying, hey, now let's zoom in a little bit on what God did with us. That's that's all it's doing. So he's almost repeating some things, but but what that is doing is saying, this is not a disruption. This is kind of going back and saying, now let's look at man. Does that make sense? It's kind of zooming in uh, on the God created man part, chapter one. So we're, we're gonna read here. We're gonna pick this up in verse five. It says this in chapter two, verse five. Now, no shrub had yet appeared on the earth and no plant had yet sprung up for the Lord God had not sent rain. So again, this is going back to say, just, just so you know, synopsis of chapter one, that's what this is saying, uh, to the earth and there was none to work the ground, but streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. That's the word ruach, ruach, that's pretty cool. Uh, and then the man became a living being, all right? So, 
Here's the next big idea about you and me. We're different. We're different, okay? We are not the same as everything else, and we are uniquely different than anything else that God ever made from the very beginning, and you can see this pretty clearly. We were made different. We were created uniquely different than everything else, and I hate to simplify this, but that just still passes the eye test for me today, everybody. Just kind of passes the test, okay? Just for me and my simple brain, all right? I'm just trying to say, it's pretty easy to see that you're different than your dog. I know you love your dog. Don't give me an email about your dog. I know your dog's great and he has feelings and everything, but I'm saying you're different than your dog. Just saying. We're, we're different than a monkey or a fish or a billy goat in our ability to, to understand God. We're just Different, and that's never changed through time. That's never changed through time. Uh, no one, I don't, I don't want to sound patronizing, which means I'm probably about to, but what I'm saying is no one ever in human history was about to give birth and go, please be a human, please be a human, please be a human. Like, I hate Billy Goats, right? Like, nobody's ever done that. Ever, ever, okay? So, uh, what, I should have taken that out. What? passes the eye. It's true though. What passes the eye test for you? What passes the eye test right now? With every single piece of created evidence that we have right now, what, just think about what is even close to our abilities, our reasoning, our empathy, our longing, our speech, our thought, all of it together, not just, well, that one thing kind of lines up with my dog, all of it together, all of it together, it's not even close. It's not even close. And so, man, just for me, the eye test, and it's still passing for me, that I believe there's a divine creator that made me. I'm not just some evolved thing, like evolved version of prim primordial ooze. Like it, does, it just makes more sense. Nothing, nothing else is, is making Twinkies or TikTok videos, except for us. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Like nothing else is doing, we are uniquely, that's uniquely us. Twinkies and TikTok, okay, that's us. Nobody else is doing that, okay? There is only, will only, will never be anything else that was uniquely made to reflect the image of God other than mankind. That, that's just true. There's only one thing that was created to do that and be the image bearer of God, and that is you, and that is me, and it will never change. Now, something really interesting happens uh, in chapter two that I found uh, really, really cool, uh, and it's God's name changes. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but I, I kind of highlighted it. Uh, and so it goes from God in chapter one to the Lord God in chapter two. And this is really neat because here's the name that it goes from in two. So the name goes from Elohim, all right, which describes God as the, the all-powerful created deity of God, uh, creator deity of God, to Yahweh, Yahweh, which is now a personal name of God. I just found that very interesting. And so now we get another characteristic of God. So if you're taking notes, not only do we have a God who is all-powerful, but what he's trying to tell us is that we also have a God uh, who is very personal. I think that's so important to see. So God is a God who's all-powerful, and at the same time, he cares. He loves you. He, 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 he's relational. He's relational. Just, just thought that was something to point out as we gather information here. So, okay, God makes man, right? He makes man. He said, you're gonna be over all the other things that I made in its own likeness. And so we're gonna pick this back up. We're gonna pick this up in verse 18, all right? Verse 18 says, all right, so the Lord God said, hey, you know, it's not good for the man to be alone. I'm gonna make a helper suitable for him. Next verse. Now, the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would name them. 
And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. That's a left-hand turn right there, everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, did anybody notice that? So, so come with me. He goes, hey, you know what? It's, I, it's not good for you to be alone. I'm gonna make you another human. But by the by, before I do that, can you name every creature? Like I just, that was so out of left field. Like what, what happened right there? Was that a break? And that, that'd be a neat job, wouldn't it? That'd be a neat job. Like imagine, imagine not just being able to name everyone, but encountering the first time you've ever seen all these animals. For their, I, I think that would be so cool to name all these animals. So I think Adam probably had an awesome time, probably all excited to see these things for the first time. And I figure like he's super creative, right? Thinking these amazing names, like, man, there is a hippopotamus, right? And it's like, oh, yeah. wow, like that, yeah, we'll call you crocodile. And there is a hummingbird on a rhinoceros, right? Like all these things, amazing. Then, but like, then you just, you're just over it, right? You're just like, you're over it. And eventually you're just like, okay, man, like cat, bat, rat, gnat, fly, over it, right? Like, it's just like, I was cool day one, day 50, not so sure, right? Like, I just, that's where I would go. Not as fun as it was a few days ago. <laughs> here, <laughs> in mind of Andy. All right, here's what, here's what I think happened. Here, here's why I think this is there. I don't think this is out of order. I think God wanted to do two things. I, I, and I think he wanted to do this before he made Eve because we're gonna see animals like, there it is, right, with Eve and like, that is awesome, right? But here's what I think happens. Here's what I think Adam finds out and why God did this. See, Adam found out you will never be satisfied or fully find your purpose with just created things. Like that's what he was trying to show, show him. That all this great stuff, all these things, like something's missing. And God's like, you're right. Something is missing that we were made to see and be in harmony, not just with the created, but the creator. And that's what he was trying to prove. Here's the other thing that happened. And I've said this before, I actually think the first problem that comes up for man isn't sin, but solitude. I think that's the first problem that comes up. Sin doesn't happen until chapter three, uh, but it's important to see this because it's foundational in God's creation right here. Man was not created to be alone. We were not made to live in isolation, that we were made to be uh, with each other, that that's what God wanted. It's so foundational in our lives. So here's the truth that we need to understand for this year as we do this. Uh, a growing, thriving relationship with your heavenly father requires a growing, thriving relationship with other people. I think that's what God was trying to show us. This is very critical, very necessary for us to see. And it's something that God, he just wanted to make sure that we see that he's like, I knew that from the very beginning. That's why I made us, okay? So again, Adam's just over it, right? He's like, over it, uh, fly. Like, uh, you know, so here's what happens. It says, all right, so did all the naming, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. And God said, I know, I just want to prove it to you. And so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while I was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. And then the Lord God made a woman from the rib that he had taken out of the man and brought her to the man. Is that it? Oh, and Adam and his wife, oh, we'll get that here in a second. And so Adam wakes up. We just keep that there. Adam, you can keep it there. Adam wakes up and he's like, oh my gosh. And you see, like, sings a song about her. He's amazed about her. And here's where we're gonna lay in the plane today. It's just the last verse in chapter two. It says that they were both, uh, it says the man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. So this is where we're stopping the story today. Okay, that's chapter one and chapter two. Everything's made at this point and everything is very good. Everything's very good. Uh, so two things as we close, that I don't want us to miss today, all right? Two things that we have to walk away with with Genesis 1 and 2. And, and here's the first one that I want us to not miss today if you're taking notes. Here it is. You 
were made by God, for God, to reflect God because you have the image of God in you. You are not an accident. You are here to do something awesome. You were created by God. You were made for God's purpose and you were made with God's breath in you. You were made with his breath in you. Now let me ask you, here's what I wanna ask you. Do you believe that? Is that the reality you see and knew when you woke up this morning when you were about to do life? Man, God, I, you, you made me. And, you, and I was made for you. And I get to reflect you because I have your breath in me. I have your breath in me. Every day we should wake up like, because here's what this answers, gang. Right there what we just said. That answers the major question of life. Why am I here? What is the point of being here? The answer you have to that is critical in how you see life. And the answer is given to you by God. It's given to you right there by God. He gives us the answer clearly. And so let me kind of flesh this out for the few minutes that we have left today. Um, and it's not gonna sound like rainbows and butterflies as I talk about it, but trust me, it is. It is, okay? So what you are not here for is to live for a certain amount of time. That's not, because that's not your purpose. That's not why you were made. So the point of you being here isn't so you live for 100 years. Some of you may, many of us will not, okay? What you're not here for, what you were not here for is to have a comfortable, pain-free life either. That, that's what we get messed up on a whole lot, gang. We get messed up on that. But we're gonna see next week that from Genesis 3 to the rest of time, the struggle of humanity and God's redemptive work to restore you eternally, eternally, and that this world will never give you what only heaven can, Okay? So we, the point is we will struggle. We should not be surprised by that. There will be pain, there will be heartache. And here's the thing, a lot of times when that happens, what you need to understand is we experience that, we experience pain, we experience heartache because we have eternity in our hearts. And so see, when life kind of comes and rubs up against that, then we have that heartache, we have that loss, we have that confusion uh, because it's not the way it's supposed to be. Like, because you have a longing for something different. Come on, don't you? You're like, this is not the way it's supposed to be. You yearn for more. That's what took me a lot of time to figure out my own life. It did, it took me a long time. Uh, I had to face a struggle early in my life and it messed me up. Like it really did, it messed me up. Now, I, I couldn't make sense of it and I don't have the, I didn't have the tools then, the spiritual tools then that I have now, but I'm telling you, man, I felt abandoned, hurt, scared, lost. That's how, that's how I felt. And I felt that way. Here's why I felt that way. Because my default answer to life without actually really thinking of it was everybody should live 100 years and be pain-free. That was my default answer to life. And it messed me up. Sounds awesome, but that's not what life gives you. Come on, that's not what life gives you. And so, so when that came up against like my idea of what life should be, it messed me up, okay? And so here's the thing. God was never off. He never said any of that. It's just my default answer to life was off and so when it went up against that I got messed up and I got confused until I believed and understood the truth of God and what he said I was here to do now here's the thing you don't have to believe what we just said that you were made by God for God to reflect God because you have the breath of God and you could choose to believe something else you can look at life and say I'm going to choose to believe whatever and, and you can have any alternative thought that you want when it comes to why you're here you have free will you have free will, okay? Uh, but here's what you're gonna have to settle with if that's where you go. Here's what I wanna say. If you go any other direction than believing that you were made by God, for God, to reflect the image of God because God's in you, then your only goal will end up being the preservation of your earthly life. 
and the preservation of the earthly lives of the people that, that are around you. And I'm gonna tell you why that's a terrible goal because you can't control that. You will never be able to control that. And your earthly life will end, my friend. 100% it will end. And so this preservation of life is a terrible goal. But, but, if you believe the other, just come with me, that you were created by God for God and with God in his breath and see the purpose and goal in life isn't to live for as long as you can but to live for God for as long as you live now you can control that right every day you get to control that and and that's what will stoke the breath of life that is in you the very image of God by which he made you and you'll find that the answer that God gives you to life is right that it's right and it transcends and overcomes the struggles and reality of this life. So that's the first thing we need to remember, that that's why we were made. And the second one is really important because you're not gonna wanna believe the first one unless you believe the second, which is this. God is good. Amen, everybody? He's so good. Don't miss that. That the theme of God from the very beginning, from the very beginning, and, and what never changes and what carries through the rest of redemptive time is the goodness of God. It's why he made you. It's why he carries through this. Is how he rescues us. It's out of his goodness. So just know the Bible is very clear about this from the very beginning. God is good. And so we all have a decision to make about God. We all have a decision to make. Right? You can either believe what we just said or, or something else. And so where do you land? Just where do you land? And, and two, really quick, as Christians, as people who know where we land, here's, here's my thing for us. We need to realize that we are the image bearers of God. That we are the messengers of God's story out there to the world. How you doing there? How you doing there? So, so I want us just to have a minute to think about this. We have a few minutes left. And so uh, I just during the song, I just wanna invite us to sit and think about these big things that we just over and I'll come back out and I'll pray for us. Be 
So here's uh, where we are in the story. I don't want to get too far ahead. But where we're left right now is, why are we here? And here's what I want us to leave with today. God said, let me tell you why you're here. More importantly, let me just tell you who I am. And then we'll go from there. Heavenly Father, we do come to you and just thank you for what you've said so far. Lord, that I... I, I I can't do anything from this point that you get to penetrate our hearts with this. You get to penetrate our souls that, that we either believe we're just a bunch of moving particles you just got moved by a song because of whatever chemistry is going on or that we have a, a creator, a divine who, who said, no, I put this in you. I put breath in you. I put life in you and, and I put purpose and a plan in you, God. So help us just get there. God, we love you. Thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for that he was there from the very beginning. And I pray that we keep seeing that every single time we get together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, that concludes today. Hey, if you haven't grabbed a book out there, we do have one for every family. So if, if you want to grab a book, those are free. Reading plan and sermon guides out there as well. We'll see you next Sunday.